Welcome to the Studio 2501 Conversations About Mental Health and Wellness podcast. Located inside HopeNet in Wichita, Kansas, our goal is to transform lives through coaching and counseling. We'd like to extend a special thank you to Hoydale for sponsoring our show. You're listening to The Seven Mountains of Influence, hosted by Lynn Bright. Each mountain was shaken by the coronavirus pandemic. Each month, we'll take an in-depth look at one of those mountains and how they impact us. This is The Mountain of Education. Hey, hey, this is Joe Lynn Bright in the house, Studio 2501. I just want to welcome you back to Conversations About Mental Health and Wellness podcast. We are so glad you're with us. And as I said, I'm JLB. On today's episode, we are continuing our series, The Seven Mountains of Influence. We're talking about the mountain of education. And we have our guest for today is Kim Hootmer. Everybody say hoot, hoot. Miss Hootmer is in the house. So Kim, we just thank you <laughs> for being here and joining us. I am super glad to be here. So thanks for inviting me. We're, we're going to try to behave. I know that, we, but it probably, it probably won't happen. <laughs> We'll we'll just we'll just be ourselves and we'll see where this goes. Awesome, Is that right? That's awesome. And I always love to start with because I act like I know you and all of that, but I want you to tell our listeners who is Kim Hootmer and like where are you from? Mm-hmm. Where how did you get clear to Goddard High School mm-hmm. to be the counselor and all that? So I love that we're gonna have that bend, but mm-hmm. I want you to tell all of that. Okay. Okay. All right, so I will do the best I can, and so if I start to ramble, you just, like, give me the high sign and say, rein it in. Um, I don't know. When you, when you say that, I, f- I always think about um, that I feel like I'm a combination of every person I've ever met, every experience I've ever had. Wow. And I think when I think about myself, that comes from a place of um, I'm an adopted child, and okay. so I was adopted at birth. At birth, okay. Uh, here in Wichita, and um, my parents were very open about that. Mm-hmm. And as early as I can remember, I, I knew that I was adopted, and I was very comfortable and Because content. they told you, or you just had a sense? Uh, I, don't, I didn't have a sense, but I think I was just comfortable. And they just said, you know, hey, we just need to let you know that you were adopted, and mm-hmm. we don't know anything about your biological parents, but, you know, we love you, and... And I'm like, okay, cool, you know. <laughs> and uh, at that time, so I was born in 67, and Elvis Presley was a big thing and a big thing with my mom. So I used to, like, tease kids at school and say, hey, my dad could be Elvis Presley. <laughs> 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 and so I think because of that and because I had such a healthy upbringing mm-hmm. with that, I valued every person that I came into contact with. Okay. and. Um, as far as my identity and becoming who I am, I just was very blessed to have a lot of amazing teachers. Okay. And I think that's my connection to education. I loved my teachers. I loved school. Um, and so I've always been a Wichita girl, born and raised. Okay. And uh, went to uh, 259 schools, graduated from North High, and um, that's where I met my husband. Okay, at North High. Mm-hmm. So your colors were what, red and... Red and white. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was actually supposed to go to Northwest. Um, <clears throat> and so what pushed you further east? And so, <laughs> so I went to junior high at Hadley, and a lot of my close, close friends were going to North. 
and um, and, and some friends were going to Northwest as well, mm-hmm. and I pers- and I never complained about anything. I can't even again. I feel, and we'll probably touch on this later. I feel like God has had His hand on my life. Yeah, forever. I've always felt like I've been in this little bubble. And that I've just been where I'm supposed to be. Now, we're not supposed to be crying early. Okay? I know, but I, this is very important to me. So yeah. It's a huge part of my life. Yeah, so. yeah okay. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, Kim, you're not supposed to take me that early. Okay. <laughs> but that's just, you know, that's just part of who I am. And uh, so I said to my mom, I said, I really feel like I want to go to North. And she says, well, we'll see if we'll transfer you. And it happened. And uh, so that... My sophomore year, I started at, at North, and I didn't know my to-be husband until the yeah. beginning of senior year. Oh, wow. And so, again, that's one of those things I think was meant to be. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe that's why you said, I think I need to go to North. Yeah, yeah. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> and so we met there, and uh, we dated because our parents were like, get through college first and then get married. And so we got married in 1990. And um, so we've been so together. Married, yeah, for how long? Uh, so we started dating in 1984, got married in 90. So a long, 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 long time together. Yeah, so more yeah. more than half my life. Okay. And then so now, like, you've been married a long time. <laughs> yes. I feel like I've done everything a long time. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that the last time we were together and you were start telling me that you were going to go visit some kids and you were telling me how old they were. And uh-huh. I'm like, Kim... Yep. If people could, well, they'll get to see your picture. But, <laughs> but I'm like, you don't have kids that old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah, I do. So, yeah, so I have a son and a daughter, mm-hmm. and Isaac and Hannah. And uh, Hannah is um, living her best life in Colorado. She is a mountaineer, and she teaches and leads groups, and now she's a volunteer coordinator. And then my son is still here in Wichita, and he followed his father's footsteps, and he's an engineer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. And then I've been at uh, Goddard since 1990 as well. I started out as a middle school teacher. I love middle schoolers. They are awesome. See, I didn't know that you taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for eight years. For eight years. Mm-hmm. And I would have kept teaching, but life had a different... So, but what happened? Like, what what made, what made caused the movement that um, I'm no longer in the classroom? Uh-huh. Um, so I always had a love of psychology. So that was one of my favorite classes in high school. I loved that class. Um, Coach Neff, if you're still out there, I loved your class. Um, And so took psychology and always loved it. And then when I went to Wichita State, I thought I was going to maybe do something with psychology, Mm -hmm. took some classes and then realized, no, you have to get a master's degree. And at that point in my life, that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I stuck with, um, English education okay. and secondary education and um, loved it and got a, um, had my placement uh, in 259 for my practicum or okay. my student teaching, fell in love with teaching, fell in love with middle school. And honestly, I lived in Wichita my life. I really didn't know much about the suburbs. I was, I'm definitely, um, I have like a little, a bubble, bubble? and that's kind of where I stayed. Me in the bubble, stay yeah. in that bubble. And so at that time, there was a hiring shortage uh, or hiring, a hiring freeze in Wichita. There, was a, um, there weren't very many jobs in education yeah. at that time. And they would have hired me at that school, um, but they didn't have a placement. 
And so that was kind of like, oh. And at the time I was working at Capitol Federal, I was a, a teller. <laughs> and I could have stayed there, too. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of those very content people. I mean, I'm just pretty content. It's where I'm at. It's where I'm supposed to be. But he was moving the bubble. He was moving the bubble. And so um, I applied at Goddard. I didn't know Goddard from anything. I didn't know where it was. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. And so I applied there, and I think there were over 40 applicants for a middle school mm-hmm. English teacher job. And so uh, I interviewed. I was one of the last interviews, and um, I left that interview. And by the time I drove from Goddard and found my way back to where <laughs> I was working, because I'd never <laughs> been to Goddard before, um, I got back, and they had already offered me the position. Wow. So there you it was. Left, you left an impression. Uh, yeah, apparently. So. Yeah. And then um, this is how silly I was, is that at that time, my maiden name was Pennington. Okay. And so filled out all of my paperwork in Pennington while I got married that July. And then they had to change all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> and, and, and Kim, look, look, after you'd been waiting all these I, years. I know. <laughs> you should have been practicing that name. You know how we do as girls. I did just, that too, okay. but I just didn't think to like. Yeah, silly. Okay. I'm silly. Yeah. So hilarious. Yeah, and we dated six years. And so my mom and dad also dated for six years. I used to like, what is it? What is the deal? Why would you do that? And then I did the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. so be careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I were a six year, too. Uh-huh. So, so we're not going to tell anybody that. they like, what? I, I, I just always tell him I wish I would have married him sooner. That's all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's so sweet. But the thing is, like, tell us your your how did you move to the oh. counseling mm-hmm. piece? Yeah, so um, I I love learning. I mm-hmm. just adore. I would be a lifelong student. I love uh, taking classes. I love learning new things. I just love learning, and um, so I continue to take classes because that's you know part of you know being a teacher yes. is that you you know continue to recertify. And so mm-hmm. I thought, well. I have a choice. I can um, work on a master's in English. Wasn't really excited about that. And what that. would you do with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could have done a curriculum instruction, and that wasn't my cup of tea. Um, and then administrator, you don't want this girl doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that wasn't my thing. And so counseling just made complete sense because it looked yeah, this right. This psychology class mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of my students, so I taught a ton of electives. So I started off teaching uh, English, but they found out I would pretty much do anything they asked me to. So I taught drama one, two, three, debate, forensics. I was the yearbook advisor, the newspaper advisor, writing workshop. And a journal, just a basic journalism yeah. class. So I taught everything under the sun in that <laughs> in that eight year span of time, and so uh, I think along along with that, I had kids multiple times, and so I got to develop a relationship with a lot of students. And over time, they would open up and tell me oh. things that were going on in their life. Yeah, and so it just it just fit. You could have fit. that you, that the. The God that has you in the bubble, because mm-hmm. I still don't think you're out of it, okay, <laughs> that he created you in such a way that people will just naturally do that. And mm-hmm. even when I've been out to the school, I can just see how kids, you have their respect and all of that, and they just approach you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just think you are natural. Yeah. I, I And I think... I think sometimes, like, when I work with students, that's what you want them to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. is 
what is your God-given talent that mm-hmm. comes easy to you that you can find a way to, you know, make a life with it. So, and I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to do that. So it just made, it made a lot of sense. And I really had no plans of leaving the classroom. I was just happy to get the knowledge yeah. and, you know, get my master's degree and, you know, pretty excited about that. But I was one semester away from graduating and counseling positions like literally never, never opened up in yeah. Goddard. Mm-hmm. And there were two. And oh, there wow. was one at the middle okay. school and then one at the high school. And I thought, well, see what happens, you know. And so I threw my name in the hat for both. And I got interviewed for the high school, which was the one I was actually the most terrified. I didn't want to get that one. Because Is it because you had done middle school? Yes, for someone? Okay. exactly. Because I'm thinking, I can't do older kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I really just like the quirkiness of middle schoolers. They're just a blast. Yeah. And um, so You need to say that like 65,000 times I, because they need to hear that. I love middle schoolers. So parents, it, it's temporary. So <laughs> enjoy it. And um, so then uh, I got the interview at the high school and I about had a heart attack because I'm like, <gasps> you know, and so um, got the interview. I felt like I was a babbling fool <laughs> that, that interview. and just like, blah, 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 blah. you know, and I just walked away like, I don't know what they think of me. <laughs> But I was super passionate, excited. I'll do the job. I'll do it. Whatever I can whatever, do. Yeah, whatever whatever it. it takes. And so I got back to the high school. And again, yeah. before I even got back to my job at the middle school, I got an email. Will you please come? Saying, you know, we, we'd like to offer you the job. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so. Had you um, had the other interview already, too, with the middle school? I didn't get interviewed for that job. Oh. So, yeah. So it it was not just meant, meant to be. It was the, not the, meant to be the, the other. Was rolling that the way. Bubble was yeah. rolling that way, and so I'm like, okay, well, I've got this job, <laughs> and I literally didn't know anything about it. I mean, you take classes in mm-hmm. your graduate program, and they literally never truly prepare you for what you're going to actually really do on a day to day basis. And so, um, my job title I was half time counselor, half time scholarship coordinator because they were really wanting to get kids scholarships okay can you remember my earlier conversation about kim had this like this little bubble and and she knew this i knew wichita state yes that's all i knew (laughs) oh you want to go to k-state or pittsburgh state where's that at? okay let me get the map out so truly truly i had to like do a lot of research and get familiar and just like get on the internet and study and and learn you know everyone's scholarship um opportunities did you hear what you just said and to learn yes. all the, because mm-hmm. I'm a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. I love learning. So that's just a good fit for you, Kim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I learned and learned and learned, and, and I've got so much knowledge in my head about stuff now that it's like I need to purge every once in a while. But <laughs> So do you still have to do some of that, or is that assigned to you? And we've So because technology has helped us a ton, we're mm-hmm. able to, to put it out to students in a way that they can access it 24-7. Okay. And so that's been... Uh, a really good thing but we we do have to know everything about everything a high school counselor has to know everything about everything so and so why would somebody need a computer or a phone that you hold in your hand and we can say hey kim 
Um, well, because eventually you got to get to the application and it's online, <laughs> you know, but like helping coach people through, you know, their decision making processes and making sure they're going through decision making processes. I just love I love the journey. I love the journey from freshman year to senior year. And so mm-hmm. all that fear about coming to the high school was really for nothing. OK, for nothing. I, you know, and the other thing is I didn't even think about it until I got there is that I knew all of these kids. I actually knew more kids at the high school than the, the standing high school counselors because they were just getting them as freshmen. I had them oh. as seventh, eighth and ninth, ninth graders. graders. Okay. And so, and I'd had several of them for two or three or four classes. Okay. And so I, I knew them. And so it was, so back then kids called me hoot. Okay. And so it was, hey, hoot, hey, hoot. <laughs> and so when that last little generation of kids who had me as a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. graduated yeah. and the hey, hoot went away, I was kind of sad. <laughs> you should just call yourself that, just walk around saying, hey, hoot. Yeah, hey, hoot. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about your role now, like, because you've been there mm-hmm. for how long? Since 20. 20- You've Since been in this role. I, I So I started at the high school in 98. Yes. And so I was uh, part of the team. And so we were three counselors at the time, grew to four counselors. And then in 2012, the split happened when we opened Eisenhower. Okay. And so at that time, uh, two counselors stayed at Goddard High School and two went to Eisenhower. And so my mentor, you know, if I can talk about Steve Sandal without crying, it's going to be a miracle. But okay, we, you know we are equipped with yeah, tissue. Yeah, I see Kleenex yes. over there. So yeah. um, in that time that we were uh, a team, he really um, grew me as a counselor and mm-hmm. um, instilled some foundational beliefs that I have that I carry on today. And um, he was uh, – it was just a joy to work with Steve. He mm-hmm. was um, – kind is um kind compassionate um all about being fair and equitable Mm -hmm. um with people treating people with respect listening to people's stories taking that time and uh just doing things never being settled at what you're doing because you can always do more and you can always do better so constantly pushing and pushing and pushing Mm -hmm. and advocating and stretching and stretching Mm -hmm. um and so uh when we split he went to start that high school and actually we used our own career inventory information to decide or help us decide who's who Who went yeah yeah because if i would have had what i wanted Mm-hmm. I would have gone with Steve. Okay. Because I loved working and I there was more I wanted to learn. So when I saw the writing on the wall, I bugged him so much, like, <laughs> teach me about master scheduling. Show me how to do this. And so, again, I wanted to learn yeah. because I didn't want us to split and then not, not uphold the standard that he had. Right. And so that was really super important to me. So um, my role up until that point was part of the team. And then when we split, my role was don't mess this up (laughs) and and just keep that ball rolling and so it was just Michelle and I for seven years the two counselors and we talk about it all the time like how in the world how in the world did we do it yeah because when we split that graduating class had the choice of if they were on the boundary line to go to Eisenhower, mm-hmm. go, yes. they could go mm-hmm. or they could, could stay. stay. Yeah. So 250 seniors stayed with Michelle and I. And so we had 250 seniors plus 
the 11th, 10th, and 9th graders that were there. And we told that senior class, listen, <laughs> when we tell you it's time to apply, you do it. You don't ask questions. You just do it. Just do it. Just do <laughs> and it. And we tell you it's time to do this. Just we got to get you through. And it was it was really awesome. That senior class was pretty mm-hmm. fabulous. When you, we think about your career, it hasn't been that long ago, like mm-hmm. maybe five or six years ago or something uh-huh. like that. Maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Than that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be longer than that. I think it's like eight or nine. Oh, man. Don't mm-hmm. age me. Okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> and so... Um, I thought it was really cool to get the invitation, and I wanted you to tell them a little bit about another thing you do that's so neat for seniors. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Talk yeah. about the senior day. So we, we've testing is one of those necessary evils in school, and um, so one somebody, of the, somebody some seniors and yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell it yes, and it, it really it's one of those things that there's a lot of it, and um, one of the big testing days is the PSAT, and so that's mm-hmm. given in October. We wanted to do while those juniors were testing, we wanted to do some type of element where we had an academic element, a career element, and a personal social element. So that's those are the three counseling mm-hmm. domains, okay. academic, career, personal, social. And so everything we do, we want to make sure we're touching all of those things for students. And so for seniors, they had, you know, no test to take. You know, they had tested their ninth, 10th, 11th grade mm-hmm. year. And so there had been years where we said, we'll just, you know, we'll let the seniors, you know, not come to school that day so okay. that we can have a good testing environment. But it felt like a a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah, to speak into their lives. Mm -hmm. And so uh, just got to thinking about what kinds of things do they need and and just started reaching out to resources. Um, And, you know, over the years, I had developed so many relationships and network with so many people that Mm -hmm. it was so cool to be able to, like, pick up the phone and call Wichita State and say, hey, could you come out and do uh, a session on transferring from a two-year to a four-year and what that looks like? Or, you know, contact someone else and say, could you come speak about financial aid Mm -hmm. or whatever? But that personal social issue was really, really huge. And so... Um, in addition to financial wellness, Jeff Witherspoon, you've had him yes, on your show. He yes. has been one of our friends for the whole time. So shout out to Jeff. Yeah, hey, <laughs> and, um, and he speaks to, you know, the cost of, of living and how you adult financially mm-hmm. and, you know, making decisions about, you know, which college to attend. So he would come. And so we put all these pieces together. And how you came into it was um, Deb Dietz is a social worker um, for Goddard. And I said... Deb, I need someone like motivational to come out and talk to these seniors about, you know, life yeah. and, you know, living well and being passionate about what you do. And she goes, well, you need to call Jolene Bright. <laughs> so that's how you got involved. I know. Isn't it funny? <laughs> just the connections and then mm-hmm. us coming together. And then when we met each other, we never knew this day. Mm-mm. That's the part that that's the stuff that makes me want to cry is that that it way back here was mm-hmm. planning for today for mm-hmm. people to hear exactly what you're going to share today. And we have no clue where mm-hmm. this is really going to go. But it, it, it was meant for this moment, mm-hmm. too. And the mm-hmm. moments ahead, because I, I know we'll be connected mm-hmm. beyond this. So I yeah. think that's what. Cool. So thanks for letting us do that. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been awesome. And, you know, that first year, you know, it being new you know, had that little shaky, like, yeah. will the seniors not come to school? And will they just say, well, we'd just rather stay home? And because of the relationship that I had with a lot of students, me kind of like putting it out there, man, there's a lot of work that went into this. It'd be really sad 
you know, if students don't come. And so then they started saying, hey, you guys, we can't let Miss Hoover down. <laughs> you know, we have to go to this thing. There's a lot of work. I'm glad they felt that way. They did. And there was a pocket that, you know, chose to stay home, you know. And when they came walking into lunch because we had a special lunch just for the seniors. They got to eat lunch together as a graduating class. That doesn't happen any other time. So that was a special thing. When they came walking in with their McDonald's, they said, whoa, you missed out, you know, and they would talk about the sessions that they went to. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, you know, it's been really, really an anticipated day um, for seniors. They really enjoy it. And again, you know, you are going to have some that for whatever reason you haven't made that connection or for whatever reason there's a pull that's stronger mm-hmm. you know, than for them coming to school, but overwhelmingly they appreciate that day. Yeah. They they love going to the sessions. They love hearing from people. That's not the one, you know, the people they hear from all the time. So. And they get to pick. They get to pick what's of interest to them. Yes. I'm going to go hear this and hear mm-hmm. And, man, they walk away with so much more information mm-hmm. than they ever even mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing that. I, I I just want you to know that I appreciate that. I'm not in the Goddard School District, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying I appreciate you and your colleagues putting mm-hmm. that together, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't know if other schools do that. They may be listening to you right now to say, what? They may, hey, come talk you, to you, me. I'll yes, share. She, and she will. <laughs> she, she will freely share. When we're talking about students and some pockets that kind of hang out, how has the last, you know, 18 and a half, Months been, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I said 18 and a half, but 18 plus months been because we're sitting in mm-hmm. 2021, right, mm-hmm. in at the end. Mm-hmm. So just, just share whatever's coming to you from that question. Mm-hmm. Education has always been about relationships. Education comes along the, on the way, and, um, but it's about those relationships, and that is the part that keeps kids coming back to school, that keeps teachers coming back Mm -hmm. to school, keeps administrators on the job, counselors on the job, secretaries, you know, showing up, bus drivers, relationships. And so, you know, people went into isolation and, you know, there were all kinds of efforts. I, you know, we all watched, you know, videos of you know, people getting out of the rooftops and singing or <laughs> yeah. playing their trumpet or, you know, clanging their pots. And, you know, it was all in an attempt to keep connected. Yeah. Um, you know, people, Zoom, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Zoom and whatever other, you know, um, video chat platform that you have. You know, it was all an attempt to maintain and hold on to relationships, but it was so strained. Mm -hmm. And, you know, depending on what life experiences happened to people during that time, you weren't there with them necessarily to hold their hand through it. And reconnecting after such a long disruption, I think that's been the struggle. Mm. And some people became comfortable not connecting yes or uncomfortable with reconnecting forgot how to do it um didn't feel safe doing it mm-hmm. for whatever reason or reevaluated their life you know um like what am i doing and do i really want to continue doing what i'm doing which involved coming to school you know what's so interesting something you said that they some people forgot how to connect um some people were okay with not connecting it's been interesting talking to younger people saying how they were surprised by their response, you know, 
because one even one of our students, you know, the student that shared on the podcast was like, you know, I, I got friends, I love friends, but when it was time to come back, it was like, what is going on with me? I'm mm-hmm. start, starting to be afraid and, mm-hmm. you know, all this. And just surprised by that, like, how? why am I having this response? So I don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, when So last year, um, we came back at the high school hybrid, meaning that half of our students came one day and half came the other. That was kind of a nice thing because that allowed connection to happen. Okay. Um, in a more comfortable way. And I think... And gradual, for, probably. And gradual, and you had your class of six or seven or ten that met every other day. Mm-hmm. And so you became like a little family, and that teacher really got a deep knowledge of yeah. you. But the other part that happened is we had 150 students that stayed remote. Mm-hmm. And so those students had their own supports and things, but it was completely different. And they didn't have the same opportunity to, like, reclaim that connection Mm -hmm. and what we saw that was really interesting so we all we all came back um middle of april everybody came back and so just like that presto like we have a class of six or ten to a class of 24 wow and so the intimacy even leaves from mm -hmm. that that teacher so that comfort level about connecting that i had now i've got a I got to reacclimate again, and that last couple of weeks it was really strange because we had because got our, our colors are blue and white, we had blue days and white days, and so <laughs> the kids are like, I don't know the kids on the blue day, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like we had to start that relationship building all over. all over again, and then some people weren't invested in it because it was only for another, you know, few weeks. And so, again, that relationship piece is so important that it should get the whole focus. Kim, I'm not in the education world, Mm -hmm. but when I'm listening to you, this whole thing about education has always been about relationships. I think you just laid something out for someone that that maybe even has experienced it in, but they've just not called it that. Mm -hmm. You know, like they've they've watched that and as you're talking, yeah, I did see that happen or whatever. But when it goes back to if this is just a core belief about education is about relationships. Mm I just think that can change the whole mindset, the way people do their jobs, mm-hmm. maybe even in a school setting. So mm-hmm. I just really appreciate you putting it that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to walk away thinking, everybody thinks that, Wynn, because <laughs> I've never heard it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and so back to what we just said a minute ago about, you know, testing, there's that necessary evil. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a student to really be able to produce their best work, mm-hmm. If they don't feel there's a purpose for it, and sometimes okay. it's that that purpose comes from that relationship that they've built with their teachers or um, that relationship that they built with their teacher talking about their future okay. and where they're headed and why that test is important, you know, or why coming to school is important. You know, all those conversations about... Um, where we get kind of like lost in checking the boxes of things like Mm -hmm. we took this test we took this class we got this grade you know we graduated we got this diploma you know all of it has to have meaning in conversation around it so that you know why you're doing what you're doing yeah and that you're invested in it so you just gave another layer there he said Mm -hmm. purpose comes from relationship Mm -hmm. what was going on with you Miss psychology major. (laughs) (laughs) 
in all of this in regards to even mental health, mm. and, and what did you see from students? Do I, I know those are a lot of questions. I said, let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. I just want you to just take it from there. If I were to, like, analyze it, I would say it completely followed the grief and loss process, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole disbelief, this can't be happening, this is happening other places, this isn't happening here, to bargaining, well, if we do this, this, and this, you know, yeah. or if we hadn't done this, you know, blah, 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 to anger, you know, watching that senior class, you know, mm-hmm. that lost things, and yeah. and other grades, too. You know, I know mm-hmm. the senior class got a lot of focus, but, you know, everyone lost. And um, to just hopelessness. Once we kind of navigated through there and kind of got our feet on the ground, because we literally had to build the plane in the air when yes, it came yes. to going virtual, mm-hmm. I think we came back to the importance of relationships, but it, you had to work so hard mm-hmm. for it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I do a lot of groups. Um, I'm a big fan of groups, and I had a group that I had been meeting with, like, faithfully yes. and we figured out a way to do to do it do again. it virtually okay. and we did it virtually and it you know um i i told my husband because i you know with working from home i said i think i i think i could do a be a virtual counselor i said <laughs> they still cry online yes. <laughs> even through the computer even though there's a screen it's mm-hmm. almost like the screen disappears yeah yeah and and i i don't know about you but we came back here to HopeNet, and we said people still got well mm-hmm. over a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. I think that was the thing we maybe were most afraid of. And mm-hmm. so you, I don't know if you say, if I do my group, are they mm-hmm. going to feel connected? Are we going to still, mm-hmm. you know? We had to work a lot harder, and we had to communicate differently. But I think, you know, the fact that you were trying, again, goes back to we valued the relationship. Mm-hmm. We, we valued the relationship, yeah. and that was what was our guiding principle. Mm through that um and and sometimes i mean when the relationship is important you'll do whatever it takes mm -hmm. to then in this case be connected Mm -hmm. now creating a relationship that was not already there Mm -hmm. that was hard that was almost impossible Mm. because you know uh, kids say you know oh you ghosted me or whatever man we felt ghosted by a lot of people, <laughs> you know, because it was just nobody knew it was going. And, and as far as like the same, I don't know, uh, rules to abide by about attendance and grades and stuff like that, that was all kind of to mm-hmm. the side. And so the things that might have helped people because I'm doing it as I have to, you know, yeah. that piece was gone. So, well, mm-hmm. how did you take care of you? Not well. Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, most of us that are in the profession, we can we can preach it. Um, it's doing it that's difficult. But I found myself actually because I didn't have my colleagues there to yeah. um, chat with or um, take a break with or whatever or mm-hmm. get up and walk to the copy machine to get something off the copy machine. I yeah. found myself actually like working 24-7 like I found myself I, I realized I might need to work on that and I mm-hmm. and I have mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have known okay. it otherwise um but yeah I, I it was constant you know trying working see if we can fix this reach out to the student call the student 
check in with this family. Mm-hmm. And I would say the one thing that was really kind of, there were two things that were really nice, is one, kids got more comfortable reaching out to us on online, either by emailing or whatever. Okay. And I got to see families. That was really wow. cool. So if I had a student who was not cutting it, you know, I could do a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And have mom and dad there too, and the dog and the cat. And <laughs> I know the bird. you get to see a whole lot more, <laughs> and that was super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be able to see, but I just felt um, super responsible. Like I didn't want to lose anybody, so I think that part of me definitely came out during that time. Well, I'm not going to try to do a therapy session on you right now, but it almost, that'll be later. <laughs> but, but it almost feels like you. What you noticed about yourself is that you began to almost overfunction. Mm-hmm. And because you you had to have had the capacity to do it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're just one of those people that loves to work. I I think that would be true. Okay. (laughs) That would be true. And I don't know about you, but how much have you felt like we're in a crisis here and we don't know even like when we're when did we come out of crisis mode, you know? And so I'm, while we're in it, I'm going to continue to keep on making sure mm-hmm. that we kind of shore things up, put tape on where we need to put tape on, mm-hmm. talk to who we need to talk to, mm-hmm. and then somebody's going to tell us, okay, that's in, that it's held together enough, relax. Yeah, and I don't think that has happened. I think we are. I think we think we're not in crisis mode. Mm. We are still in crisis mm. mode 100%. And, okay. and I really loved being back with my colleagues. Um, okay. I'm telling you, you cannot work in a silo and, and work with people. You have mm-hmm. to be with mm-hmm. others because they've got ideas that you don't have. They can uh, reframe something that you're thinking of in, in a better way. And it's so important to work as colleagues. And that yeah. is so valuable. Um, but I... We're definitely still like in, in crisis mode. And what I've seen this year is that kids, at least in my in where I work, they are definitely reaching out. Okay. They are very comfortable talking about mental health. That's good to know. Very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And um But well, you had to have laid that groundwork. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that kids are just coming and just vomiting on you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. I think you have to create. We, you, and I both know that there has to be some safety there, right, for sure. So you had to have created mm-hmm. that for them to now be saying that. Yeah. So kudos to you guys. Yeah, we we are out there a lot, and uh, Scott, Michelle, and I, we are silly. Um, the the when we come to their classrooms, they know us, and you know that's that's your cool. fingernail polish and yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So they, they, they know us well, and they know who their counselor is, and they know how to contact us. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for that. I mean, yeah. and again, that, that all goes back to how I was raised as a mm-hmm. counselor by Steve, is you make yourself available. You make yourself known. You are out there, and, okay. you know, you, you're constantly finding ways to reach students. Okay, do that again. You probably don't even remember what you said, but you said Steve told me. Oh, be out there. <laughs> yeah, be available. Make yes. yourself available. Um, make sure they know who you are and how they can contact you and make yourself known. Make yourself known. Mm-hmm. Can't you can hide in your office, but and and possibly kids will find you mm-hmm. and let them come to you. But that's not the best way. All that that you just did, I'm pointing at her hands. So you guys can't see me, but she's almost playing like she's doing the piano. But. <laughs> that's what created the safety. You going, Mm -hmm. you being available. 
Yeah. And our teachers are that way too. I mean, we mm-hmm. know that students have relationships with teachers and we'll talk to them as well. I mean, I was one of those teachers mm-hmm. and I know we have teachers like that where we're at too. And I, I really feel like our, our kids for the most part will, like if something's not, not good, mm. they will reach out. But then there's a segment mm-hmm. that will not, okay. you know, so. How do we reach them? How do, what, what is your thing? I know you've thought about it. Yeah, you just keep bugging them. You okay. Know, literally keep bugging them. Um, I, I'll never forget a conversation I had with, um, this was several years ago, and again, we are always in the classroom, and a lot of what we do is, you know, college and career, you know, but we talk mm-hmm. about mental health too, but you know, there's a lot of focus on college and career too. And I had a senior come in to me, and he came in to thank me for visiting with a friend of his mm-hmm. who was having a crisis. And he said to me, I wished I would have known you guys did that too. Like he was having a mental health crisis? Like, well, no, he wasn't, but he didn't realize that we talked to kids about life. Yeah. Which is completely the inverse of what we think they think about us. Because I think a lot of times we think, you know, kids only think you go to the counselor when you have a problem. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we, we got you from... Every angle, you know, we'll talk about everything. And, you know, your bumper our- sticker. Walking to your bumper sticker. We got you from every angle. We got you from every angle. We even have food. We have chocolate. AP history is not happening for you. We'll give you a piece of chocolate, encourage you, and send you out the door. But, you know, I, it was just a wake up call for me when he said that because we just can't assume what kids know about what we do. And yeah. so we have to keep telling them this is what we do. What would you say to a parent right now that is saying, I'm, I'm worried about my kid? Mm-hmm. I know you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. What What have you said? What's What do you find, what are they finding helpful from what you and the other counselors okay. are sharing? You want to role play? Kim, I don't know. His room's gone to pot. He's not talking to me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just not, I just don't know what to do. I can't reach him. He feels so distant to me. Trust your gut, parent. Okay. Trust your gut. And what does that mean? And what it means is if you know there's something wrong, you know your child more than mm-hmm. anyone. More than anyone. And so if your little radar is going off and you wake up in the middle of the night or you cry yourself to sleep, mm-hmm. or you talk to your friends about your kids, you know there's something wrong. And it's time to have a conversation with your with your child. And if you don't know how to have that conversation, you come make an appointment with me, and you and me and your child will sit down together, and we will figure it out. Wow. That's good stuff. So you're not alone. Yeah. I'm going to wind up our time because I think we could go on forever. Um, (laughs) What would you like to say to a student or a colleague or a parent Mm -hmm. as we move forward, Mm -hmm. especially around taking care of themselves, their Mm -hmm. mental health, what's important? Mm -hmm. So student, colleagues, Mm -hmm. parents. I think for all three, I think our tendency is... If something is wrong, we pull back. We know something's wrong with how we're dealing with things or how we're thinking about things, and so we pull back because we don't want to expose ourselves. Okay. Be vulnerable. mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and uh, resist that with every fiber of your being. So and you resist pulling back. Resist pulling back. And when if you're in a conversation with yourself uh, or with someone about like different things and you feel that nudge to pull back, like you, you'll literally, if you pay attention to your body language, mm-hmm. you'll feel yourself mm-hmm. like literally pull back from the conversation, lean back. Um, so if you're listening to this, think about how you're sitting right now. And as we're talking about this, you should feel yourself pulling back. Mm-hmm. If you do, physically do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Physically Move lean forward, forward okay. and lean into that conversation. And I think identify, you know, who are the people that have earned the right to speak into your life? Not the people who will necessarily tell you what you want to hear but the people who have earned the right to speak into your life and just say, hey, things aren't quite right. I'm not sure what that is, but, you know, I, I want I want to know if you can listen to me and kind of yeah. hear me out. And so lean into it and don't. It, it goes back to what we said at the very beginning. It's all about relationships. We were not meant to go through life alone. Yeah, We were not put on this earth to be alone. And right now you might be the person that needs someone to hold your hand but at some point you're going to be the some the someone holding someone else's else's hand hand, yeah Mm -hmm. i just got the chills you know what that means that is good stuff i how how are you doing i mean i don't want to how are you doing now i think you've discovered a lot of things about yourself but Mm -hmm. just how are you doing what what and maybe i even say what am I intentionally doing right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that I can be well, well enough to help mm-hmm. in the setting, on the mountain where I've been placed mm-hmm. in the education realm? I, I think for me, you know, taking care of your health mm-hmm. is, is really important. Um, and so I think I've reorganized myself. <laughs> looking for what's the word that I read I reorganized myself and um, that has helped a lot and 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 it just goes back to what we're taught you know if you're an empty vessel you can't give water you know so you have to make sure you know you're you're filling the vessel that you're filling the vessel Um, so I think you know taking care of your health and that includes your mental health your physical health your spiritual health um, surrounding yourself with people that fill you up, mm-hmm. uh, that are honest. And so I've, I've reconnected with a lot of people uh, and, and have intentionally scheduled to spend time with them. Okay. And did you say that again? That I did what? I intentionally, <laughs> that intentionally? I intentionally scheduled time to be yeah. with people. And, um, and you did that what? Intentionally? Intentionally, <laughs> yes. And, and put it on the calendar, you know, and figure out who that person is I want to spend some time with and harass them until they finally give up and go do something with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then as far as work is concerned, um, delegate. Um, I do have amazing colleagues, and um, Scott and Michelle have both been someone that I have felt very comfortable to delegate because I know they're going to carry it because they feel the same way I do. Yeah. You know. Could you, are you the lead or the senior person mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since 2012. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, even that leadership role. Mm-hmm. I think that's good advice all the time to give the leaders. Just mm-hmm. know when you need to delegate. Yeah. And 
nine times out of ten they're gonna do it way better than you do <laughs> and that's probably what you're afraid of in the first place so just let it go just let, let it go better. get over, your, get, get over yourself <laughs> i remember the lord told me that one day Joel, you got to get over yourself right now <laughs> right now right now right now and then never stop learning so i think that energizes me too this has been so good. Thank you for hanging out with us and sharing. I, I, I hope you even surprised yourself a little bit. Like, I had no clue I was going to say all that. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. So we're, we're signing out um, on the Education Mountain, and Kim has given us a lot to think about and to even implement. So we wish you well. And this is JoLynn Bright, JLB, signing out, Studio 2501. Thanks for listening to Studio 2501, conversations about mental health and wellness. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Visit us online at hopenetwichita.org and on social media at hopenetwichita. Thank you again to Hoydale for sponsoring this show. You can find Studio 2501 wherever you get your podcasts.